the Beatitudes are the heart of the Christian life. And at the heart then of the Beatitudes is really the health and the purity of the heart. So if you were to take the Christian life and you were to open it up and look inside at the center, at the core, at the heart of the Christian life with the Beatitudes, if you took the Beatitudes up and you opened that up and you looked inside the center or the core of the Beatitudes, you will find then at the core of the Beatitudes is the health, is the purity of our hearts. Hi, and welcome to Live in the Light. We're thankful that you have joined us here today. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and joining me also is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. Hey, we're in the middle of a series, a great series, focusing on the heart and the life that God blesses. It's Matthew chapter 5, and some have called it the greatest sermon that Jesus has ever preached. Well, today's message, Robbie, is the blessed life means a pure heart. We're back to the heart again. Love the heart, man, because if the Lord has your heart, He's got you all. He's got all of you. And so that's why this message on blessed are the pure in heart is so fantastic and so essential for our lives. And um, I really think, hey, um, all those of you who are listening right now too, I really, really am convinced and and I believe this topic needs to come up more and more and more. You know, sometimes we're, how can I be a better dad or how can I be a better, you know, parent or how can I find little ways to get a worry a little less in my business? When you have your heart aligned with the Lord's and you have a heart surrendered in Him and the purity of God in you and everything else seems to fall into place. That's why Jesus cares so much about the heart. And that's why this message is found within the greatest message that Jesus gave, again, the Beatitudes. So know this, loved ones. God wants your heart. And watch out today. He's coming for it. He's coming for it. But don't fight it. Let him have it. And then watch the blessing flow from him to you. All right, friends. It is Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The title of today's message, again, is The Blessed Life Means a Pure Heart. Here's Robbie once again with today's message. Father, today is blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is a time, oh God, where we need to see as clearly as ever. And we ask that you'll produce that by your Holy Spirit. God, we live in a, a time and a day, Lord, where evil is rampant. Wickedness, Lord, everywhere around us. Darkness and unbelief and hatred is so prevalent. And often, Lord, our world tries to mask all this by putting on a a brave face or pretending it doesn't exist. But it does, Lord, because this world is about two things. It's about good versus evil. It's about Jesus Christ, who will one day so soon completely and entirely defeat uh, Satan and his demons. And you will come and you will make every wrong right. You will serve justice as you have intended to do from the very beginning. And God, we want to be men and women who live according to this. We want to be men and women who see so clearly and don't waste our time on nothing and waste our time on gathering trinkets for our own pleasures, God, and waste our time in in talking about ourselves. We want to be men and women who are broken and see the love of God and want to live for you. And that's what you say to us again today. Another such a clear statement of truth Blessed are the pure in heart, 
for they are the ones who will see God. So we start off right now and we say, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us when our hearts are not pure. Forgive us, Lord, when we run after things that are awful and evil. Forgive us, Lord, when we do not see you, when we don't want to see you, God. But today I pray that we do as much as ever, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will create within this church and the people of this church a longing, a desire for purity in the midst of suffering, in the midst of things we can't explain, in the midst of evil, because we will see you. And when we see you, Lord, everything begins to make sense. Even if we can't explain it, God, we know deep down it will make sense and it does make sense because you are the one who is in control. So take this service, Lord, and would you bring things that are intended and would you do whatever you would have otherwise, God, you know how much I need you. Father, I can't begin to do this. I can't begin to do this. But by your spirit and your presence and the prayers of your people and the believing in the power of your Holy Spirit, today's another great day and the faithful proclamation of the word of God and desire for our lives to be changed as a result. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In Jesus' name, amen. Please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. Now, we've chosen this beatitude today, the pure in heart, to be the theme verse for the series, and here's why. Um, because the Beatitudes are the heart of the Christian life. This is what we're learning. This is what Jesus is telling us. The Beatitudes, you gotta make sure you hear this and know this. The Beatitudes are the heart of the Christian life. And at the heart then of the Beatitudes is really the health and the purity um, of the heart. So if you were to take the Christian life and you were to open it up and look inside at the center, at the core, at the heart of the Christian life with the Beatitudes, if you took the Beatitudes up and you opened that up and you looked inside the center or the core of the Beatitudes, you will find then at the core of the Beatitudes is the health, is the purity of our hearts. Let me say it this way. If you were to draw a thread through all of the Beatitudes, I think you'd land in verse eight as the common denominator for what it means to be a man or woman with the character that Jesus Christ desires to see within us. Blessed are the pure in heart. This is a really a summary statement of all that I think Jesus has said to us thus far and what he will say. Um, you're not poor in spirit and weeping, a hungry and thirst for righteousness. You're not merciful if your heart's not in the right place. But if your heart is in the right place, these are the things that happen as a result. And so they're all tied together. And we're going to see this today. Of course, blessed are the pure in heart is more than that too. But I want to set it up as a summary. And then also we dig down into the reality of what a pure heart actually looks like within our lives. So let's get started then. Matthew 5 verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Here's point number one right away. Ready? Here's what you got to know. God wants your heart. You got to know this. You have to understand this for your whole life, for all that you ever do. Know this, loved ones. God wants your heart. God doesn't want your giftedness. God doesn't want your money as if he needs that. God wants your heart. Why? Because he loves you. Because when he has all of you, he has your heart. And when he has your heart, he can bless you and he can bless me with himself. God wants your heart. Before God wants to solve your problems, get this, mature Christians and those who want to be growing in maturity. Before God wants to solve your problems, he wants your heart. Before God wants to use you, listen, if you're going to be used of God, he must have your heart. 
You do not get used by God unless he has your heart. That is why then ironically, some of the most powerful men and women of all time for Jesus Christ have often gone through tremendously difficult, utterly a heartbreaking situations where they have lost everything in a sense. They are so broken. They are in despair because at that moment, all they really and truly have is the Lord. And the moment they're in that place of utter nothingness and emptiness, there they find out exactly how much God will do for their lives. And then they become men and women who are powerfully and magnificently used in such great ways because God has their whole heart. You and I say that, that we want to give God our everything, but in reality, often that's not done. If God's going to use us, he must have us. And to have us, he must have our hearts. God wants our heart. Before God wants to deliver you from heartaches and trials, he wants your heart. God in his sovereignty will use heartaches and trials, as I've just said, to get our heart. How is that all explained? I don't know. But I know that God disciplines the ones that he loves. And I know at times things will happen in our lives that will knock us off our chairs to let us see, to let us feel, to let us know, to let us love our God in the way that he wants us to because he is jealous for your love. He is jealous for your love. Why? Because that's when we are most blessed. That's when he is most glorified. God wants our heart. Understand this for the rest of your life. So you ready? Here's another principle for life brought to you by the word of God. Another principle for life that you will never move beyond. I will never move beyond. It's on your mirror every day you wake up. It's, it's in your car as you're listening. It's on the note in your Bible. It's highlighted every verse you can see in regards to this principle. It's something you need to hear all the time. Here is the principle for life we never graduate from until we get to heaven. And it's this, the more you long for God, the more you'll be satisfied in him. It's that simple. The more you love the Lord, the more happy you will be. The more he is your object of affection, the more fulfilled you will become throughout this lifetime. You have to believe that. You'll be tempted to ignore it. You'll be tempted to stray from that. You'll be tempted to run after everything but the love of God and you will find yourself miserable. But the more you and I long for the Lord, the more you and I will actually be satisfied in him. Put all your eggs in the basket of the Lord and the more prepared you will be for whatever will come. Why? Because blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Have you figured this out yet? Have you figured out that Jesus will not rest until he has all of you? Have you figured out the reason Jesus keeps knocking on your heart? He keeps calling. Have you figured out yet the very reason you're here right now and God again calls for more of you is because he loves you? It's because he wants to bless you. It's because he knows the greatest path for your life and we don't. Have you understood that? God will not rest. Jesus Christ will not rest until he has all of you. Bless him for that. And that is why, again, again, you are sitting here today. Some of you know why. Some of you do not know why. All of us can hear this right now. You are sitting here because God wants to love you. And God wants to fill you with himself. God wants to bless you that you may have a heart that's pure, that you might then see God. But how many of our stories are this? We're hiding in sin. We're trying to run away from the Lord. We're desperately trying not to be seen, but Jesus keeps pursuing. Because all throughout scripture, 
And the greatest commandment in scripture is this, love the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Another way of saying, be pure in heart in your affections for the Lord Jesus Christ. For that is when you will see God. And whenever you see the Lord, you will never, ever be disappointed. Happened to me again this week, seeking the Lord in prayer, in worship, in song. And all of a sudden, it's like the heavens opened up and just my little mind and heart for a second. And I could see the incarnation, the manger, Christmas. I could see the, 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 the theology of the incarnation. I could see the beauty of the incarnation. Then I could see the crucifixion. I saw my sin causing my savior to die. And then I had a moment seeing the, the empty tomb and the power and the glory of the resurrection. But then it hit me all of a sudden in a way that I haven't felt in such a long time, the reality and the imminent return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's one of those moments you just felt you were just carried away a little bit by God's spirit and you could see this is so real. He is coming, he is returning. I, life is for him, he is everything. It's all I need, he's all I need. This is, this is who I wanna be, this is who I wanna love. This is the church I wanna be a part of to understand what this life is really about. And it's just a moment and there you are and you're seeing all of this glory of Jesus Christ before you. And in these moments, what happens? I have never been and you the same way will never feel more satisfied in the moment these things that you dwell upon, think upon, believe upon and can feel in your life and heart. Why do I share that with you? Because I want you to change your expectations to the reality of this Christian life that we are living. I want you to expect God to encounter you and to encounter me more and more on a daily basis as to the beauty that we may see God as our hearts are pure. Whether you're in the grocery store, you're driving in your car, or you're sitting with your kids, or you're in church, Lord, help us. Wherever you are, you will believe that you can see God and you will be more satisfied than you've ever known before because that's what the pure heart does. This is what God wants to bless you with. And this is what God wants to bless me with and wants to bless this church with as well. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I mean, do you think God is joking? The Holy Spirit's joking when he writes in Ephesians chapter one and verse 18. Do you think he's joking on the screen for you when he says this? Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. God, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes. Of my, let me see you, God. Let me see you. Why? Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Can you see the hope to which he has called you? Can you see the reality of the glorious inheritance that you have been given among the saints? Do you realize that today, if you have your faith in Jesus Christ, you've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that you have been set free from sin, that you are now a child of God. You are a saint guaranteed passage into heaven to reign with him forever. God, open the eyes of my heart that I can see this. Again, is the Holy Spirit joking as he writes this? Is this something he was born and just wrote down? No, this is true. This is true. He wants you and I to live out a life that we know the hope to which we are called, the immeasurable greatness, the incredible reality of our glorious inheritance, and now the power, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe to those of faith according to the working of his great might. How much power is in that? that he worked in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead. God, give me eyes to see. Open the eyes of my heart. Let me be pure in heart that I see you more and more in what already exists within my life. No, the Holy Spirit's not joking. The Holy Spirit's speaking truth. 
And this is the life that you and I are called to live, that we can see the Lord. You see, why does God care so much? Why does Jesus keep pursuing us over and over again? C.S. Lewis explains then, a quote on the screen for you here, because God claims all, that's why. Because the Lord Jesus Christ claims all because he is love, I love this, and he must bless. Because God is love and therefore he must bless. But listen to what C.S. Lewis says, he cannot bless us unless he has us. I mean, write that down. Remember that. Do something with that. He cannot bless us unless he has us. Why are so many segments of the church not blessed in God's intention? Because he doesn't have them. Why are so many lives seem to be unsatisfied, dissatisfied in the reality of even living for Jesus Christ? Why is there so much boredom and it's stale apathy? Because he doesn't really have us. And therefore we do not see him in the way that he desires. And therefore we are not blessed in the way that he desires. C.S. Lewis says, whenever we try to keep within us an area that is our own, we try to keep an area of death, profoundly insightful. Therefore in love, God claims all, there is no bargaining with him. So understand this, any percentage of you that is not given fully to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are keeping as an aspect of death. You are holding on to this thing that's called a sin closet. God, you can have this part of my life, but this part I'm claiming as my own. If you claim any part of your life that you're not letting God into or you're withholding for yourself, that sin closet is a closet of death. It's astounding to me at times when you hear people talk about the the heirs of their lives and somehow they think God's gonna bless them when meanwhile, they're off an adulterous affair on their wife. Really? You're gonna have this section of your life that you are cheating on your wife, that you are pursuing outside of God's will, that you are separated from that which God has brought together, no men separate. And somehow you think you're gonna have a passion and a hunger for the Lord for the long term? Who's lying to you? Do you think you can have this sin closet of lustful, awful darkness, pornography, habit, night after night, and by and you think that you're gonna have a hunger for the Lord with this sin closet? This is an area of death. It's what it is. If you're keeping anything from the Lord, do you think you can live a life in vanity where you're really about your appearance more than anything else? And you can have that over here and somehow walk into church and have this vibrant love relationship with God? It's not gonna happen. This area we're hiding from God is dying. It's decomposing. It's spiritual death. Do you think you can live in greed and just want more money and more money and constantly in your idle thoughts, you're thinking of different ways to gain more money and accumulate more wealth for your own self-interest? That's an area of death. And that will not be blessed. In order to bless us, he must have all of us. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But you know what I love so much about you and so many of you? So many of you are in this church right now because you understand this and you want more of Jesus Christ. So many hearts in this room I just adore because you've tasted the world and flat out you said it's disgusting and you're done with that. And now you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and you are convinced that he's the answer to everything you desire to be. I love you for that so much. 
the hearts that encourage me, the hearts that I listen to and I get wonderfully corrected and rebuke in my spirit as I hear the affection for the Lord Jesus Christ upon the saints of this church. I, mean, I talk to you and how many conversations they go into some form of um, mediocrity is so boring. Uh, mediocrity is so uninspiring. So many of you, you're just, you're just tired of the lukewarm Christian life. You just, you've kind of been there and you're like, this is so lame. I want more of him. I want more of the beauty and the glory of the gospel and of my God himself. I, I, I want more of him in my life. I want to see God the way God wants to be seen. I want my heart to be pure. God wants my heart, I know it. And so many of you are moving in that path with is such a blessing as being pastor of this church. And I, I love you for it. And I pray more and more and more and more people joining together again to see this reality lived out within our lives. And God keeps knocking and today's no exception. Today is so clear. God is knocking, he is calling, he is pursuing you again. And this is the call we're gonna receive all the way to heaven. So my advice to you is you might as well pick up the phone and you might as well answer now before it's too late. Honestly, in Canada, how many Christians going through the motions and really, when it really comes down to it, really not caring that much about God at all? How do I know? Just the way they live. God is a factor. He is not the all in all. He has to be. Know this, God wants your heart. Number two, know this, God wants your undivided heart. Or hear this, God wants your undivided heart. God wants my undivided heart. This is the specifics now of this beatitude, specifically what is the pure heart? The pure in heart, what does that mean? This is, remember in this verse, this is the heart that Christ approves of. When he says, blessed are the pure in heart, this is the heart he wants to see within our lives, without a doubt. This is the heart that will bear fruit. So the impure heart will not bear fruit. The impure heart will not see God. The impure heart Christ does not approve of. And so what do we learn about the pure heart? Well, the pure heart, of course, is diametrically opposed to the impure heart. The, the, the word pure is defined as something that is undefiled, so purity is the opposite of impurity. Just take a second right now and just let that filter over your life and heart. Purity versus impurity. Where's the purity in your life for the Lord? Just, just take a second now. Where's the impurity? Where's the impurity? Some of us right away, we got some right away. Some of us, we got a couple things right away. The impurity of our lives. Is it how we think? Is it how we talk? Is it how we behave? That impurity again will not be blessed. The most important part about the aspect of, the, of those who are pure in heart really comes down to the, uh, to the reality and the profound nature of salvation itself. Uh, only those who are pure in heart are the ones who are saved. Revelation 21, verse 27 on the screen for you. Notice, speaking of the new Jerusalem, this is, this is heaven, notice this, but nothing unclean, nothing impure will enter the new Jerusalem. Nothing impure is getting in, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And only those written in the Lamb's book of life are only the ones who have true hearts that are truly pure. And only those whose hearts are truly pure are the ones who are actually getting into heaven will enter into the new Jerusalem and see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face and dwell with him. 
Blessed are the pure in heart. Fundamentally, they shall see God. They understand the reality of salvation. Let me be crystal clear. We don't produce purity on our own. This purity must start from the blood of Jesus on the cross which washes, washes us and makes us white as snow that we can be presented before the lamb as pure and spotless. It's what Jesus Christ, Jesus produces our purity on the cross. We receive the pure in heart by placing our faith and trust and forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ alone. Pure in heart as a beginning has nothing to do with us. It's all with Jesus Christ. And yet, once we are made pure by the blood of Jesus Christ through faith in him, we are now called to grow in purity with a life lived being sanctified, set apart for the things of Jesus Christ. Let me explain it this way. I've done this in past years. I gotta make sure I keep bringing certain things up again to make sure we're all on the same page. Here's a little theological graph or chart on the screen for you. As we relate the reality of our sin as we, and you can also see the pure in heart within this, and I'll try to explain it to you. As we look at, we are made pure in heart at justification. We went over this a couple of weeks ago. In justification, one time act, we are forgiven of the penalty of sin. So justification is past tense. We have been forgiven, saved from the penalty of sin. Again, past tense. So we are made pure in heart at the moment we are justified. We are declared innocent. So those who are pure in heart, though, can't just stay there. They must grow. And that begins the process of sanctification. And right now then, if we are in Christ, we are being saved. We currently are being saved from the power of sin. Anyone here fighting a battle of sin in their life right now? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, like a third of us. No, no, correction. All of us are fighting the battle of sin in our lives. That's the point of the Christian life. Grow in holiness. Do you sometimes have the sense I'm doing what I don't want to do? And when I do what I do, I'm not doing. Ever heard that before? Romans 7, that's Paul's great struggle. That's where we are. We are in this battle of flesh versus spirit. Even now in this room, a battle of flesh versus spirit. We are being saved from the power of sin. This is what it means that you are called to grow in purity of heart. You have been made pure. You are called to grow in this purity now. And ultimately glorification then speaks of that we future tense. We shall be saved from the presence of sin. Somebody say hallelujah. I mean, please, Lord, any day, the presence of sin gone where we will be perfectly pure in heart at that moment. That's what's happening here. Blessed are the pure in heart. Listen, in all three stages there, there are elements of seeing God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Let's keep going and unpacking this phrase. The pure heart means the undefiled heart. Behind this word also means the undivided heart. The undivided heart means this is the heart without hypocrisy. This carries the meaning of the word single. Hey, what's the problem with someone who's a hypocrite? The problem with a hypocrite is that they're two people. They're internally divided. They say one thing, they do another, or they do one thing and they say another. They are not the same person. The hypocrite is internally divided. That is a heart that is not pure. 
but the heart that's pure is the heart that has a single-minded devotion. It carries an undivided affection and devotion towards the Lord Jesus Christ. This is essential for the Christian life. If you want to be blessed, you must be constantly pursuing an undivided devotion and affection for your Savior. He wants your heart. He wants an undivided heart. It's not good to be 50% with Jesus and 50% in the world. That's not gonna cut it. You will miss out massively on God's blessings for you. God calls for an undivided heart here today again. And remember, one of the reasons Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount was he was stating what he believes is most important, the character of our lives, which would directly confront certain religious leaders in just a few moments. Of course, that being the scribes, and the Pharisees. Listen to what Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees who were important, influential people in their time that a lot of people were afraid of and were listening to. Jesus walks in and blows up their whole system amazingly in just a few words. You want to turn with me, turn to Matthew chapter 23. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard in Oakville, Ontario. Our postal code is L6L6X9. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.